We're in week two of the Beatitudes. It's a fun word. Beatitudes. Say, say Beatitudes with me. Beatitudes. It's fun. It's all these words. This bless, blessed are, happy are, blissful are, the wonderful news for. And, and I, I chose a picture that I thought, you know, gave an idea of the upside down kingdom and then the idea of kingdom of fools. Because we're all foolish, you know. According to the world's ways, we are all foolish. You ever think about that? Do you revel in that? I kind of revel in that. People say I'm acting a fool. I say, as long as I'm God's fool, I'm okay with that. Uh, the Beatitudes teach us the foolishness of the kingdom of God, the upside-down kingdom. Flips everything over. There, there's some confusion about what this faith is all about. Okay, some people think that this faith is about having the right things said or done you know, at church or asking God into your life, and, and then that's it. And then someday you'll die and you'll go to be in heaven, and that's what it's all about. Friends, we're, we're missing a whole lot if that's what we focus on. Because Jesus wants to teach us how to live, not just teach us how to die. And how to live can only be understood in the way of the kingdom. See, the kingdom of God, heaven isn't just somewhere else later. Heaven's right here, right now. But it transcends the here and now and somewhere else later. It's, it's all. It's eternal. It is beyond any particular boundary. Heaven is God. Wherever God is, heaven is. And when we talk about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, we're talking about the same thing. And we're talking about what Jesus brought into our world 2,000 years ago and what it is we are still struggling to get ourselves into right here and right now. The safe thing about thinking of it later somewhere else is we don't have to change our behavior right now. We can just say the right thing and go to church on Sunday, and then someday everything will be great and we just got to suffer through it, right? And if people are dealing with problems, well, we'll just, we'll try to give them the right thing or say the right thing or invite them to come to church. But if they don't come, okay, they can suffer through their problems. Um, I'm just going to make sure that I get to heaven, right? Or if they're suffering and they're hungry, we tell them, well, don't worry, one day it'll all be better. That doesn't really do anything for them today, does it? Does it fill their stomach with food? It's easy for me, who has plenty of food to put in my stomach and who eats way too much, to not worry about it if I'm just living for heaven somewhere else later. But if I'm fighting for the kingdom here and now, then I got to deal with me right here, right now. And isn't that what we come here to do? We come here to examine ourselves, to confront ourselves. And I'll tell you, there's no one in this world I dread confronting more than myself. Because I know what I'm thinking. I know the things I do that, that you all don't know and don't see. And you don't hear the thoughts that I, that I have. And I'd love to tell you that I never have them. But then you'd know that I'm a liar, right? I have them. I struggle you're not alone. So we find the Sermon on the Mount, the teaching of Jesus. We went through the first Beatitudes last week. Does anyone remember any of the first three? I guess, yeah, first three last week. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. That's this week. She's privy to the sermon stuff beforehand, yeah? Blessed are those who mourn, who are brokenhearted. Blessed, blessed are the mourners. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. You see how this sounds foolish? Yeah. 
See how it's a little backwards. Do you see how if we're struggling with it, we still have a ways to go? Maybe we're not quite in the kingdom way of mind yet, but we'll get there, won't we? We have assurance we'll get there. That's what we're here for. We're going to be perfected. Perfect submission, not yet, but I'm headed there. I'm working on it. I will get there. So the first beatitude I'll talk about today is, is I'm going to read it in a different translation just to hear it differently. Oh, the bliss of the one who longs for total righteousness as a starving person longs for food and a person perishing of thirst longs for water. For that one will be truly satisfied. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness meant something a little different to those folks back then than it does to us today because I've never truly hungered. Oh, I've gone 30 hours on a 30-hour famine when I chose to do that, and then I knew I had a meal at hour 30, 30, and one second, I had my rice in front of me and I was eating, right? I've never hungered and not known where I might get my next, my next meal. I've never been in the desert like some of them might have been and a sandstorm blows up and I'm out of water and I just have to sit and hunker down and get my mouth and nostrils filled with dust and dirt and grime and then wonder how far I am from the nearest place I might have a drink. Oh, the bliss of the one who longs for total righteousness. Some emphasis here. Righteousness, that sounds like a fancy church word, and it is. Uh, what it means is justice. Right? Doing the will of God, and the will of God is that everything's just. And it's the same word in the Greek language for righteousness and justice. It's the same exact word. So we could say, who, who longs for total justice as a starving person longs for food? See, where there is injustice, there is no righteousness of God. Where there is no justice, there is no will of God being honored or followed. Do we know of any injustice going on in this world today? Do you long for justice like a starving person longs for food? Those who long, you know they do because they act on their longing. They speak in response to their longing and they live their life for the sake of justice. As hungry as I've ever been, that's all I can relate this to. I wanted food, and you weren't going to stop me from getting food, right? I was going to find food, and that was my goal. Someone who longs for justice, they are going to find justice. One day there will be justice. One day. And, and we don't go somewhere else for heaven. Heaven comes here if you don't know. Earth and heaven are going to be one. God's going to come here and reign, and there will be justice, and that will happen, and everything will be set right, and no one will be under a yoke of oppression or tyranny. Which means that if I'm oppressing or tyrannizing somebody, I'll be stopped. My way of life will be changed. And that may not feel like heaven to me. <laughs> but do I long for it now? We are to live now as if we believe the heaven reality that's coming is already here. Because it is. And when we live it in reality, we actually help bring it into reality. I don't know why God chose to charge me and you and us to help bring heaven into existence, because really, regarding myself, God could have chosen a lot better people. But God did. So we, I, want to allow my life to be a response to the plea 
that I pray every week, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. The second beatitude of the day, oh, the bliss of the one who gets right inside other people until she can see with their eyes, think with their thoughts, feel with their feelings. For she who does that will find others do the same for her. And we'll know that that is what God did in Jesus for all of us. The idea of mercy. Mercy is an interesting... I I, I want mercy, but I want to dish out justice. That's how it works. Uh, When it comes to justice, we got to live our desire for justice through action um, we speak up for other people. We, we stand up for other people, yes. Um, when it comes to our faith, we must live our faith in all that we do. And we allow our faith to be the foundation for all that we do and we say and we aspire to be. And just like justice and faith, it's a matter of doing. I don't show mercy with words. I show it. I do it. I perform mercy. I serve a living God who has shown me great mercy through the cross, show it. he's shown it to me. It doesn't get any more real than flesh and blood on the cross. Jesus came and walked among us. Jesus was a man with the Christ. He was completely divine, completely human. Right? I've heard it said he's the only 200% human or 200% being that exists. 100% human, 100% divine. Jesus the man had Christ, the Son of God. And we call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. God in the heavenly throne, looking down, if we want to use that language of down, on all we've done, all that we've messed up, and all of our injustice, and all of our tyranny. God showed mercy to say, I will come be with you. I'm going to walk among you. I'm going to experience your footsteps. Because I want to know what it is to feel your sorrow and your pain. I want to see it from your perspective. I want to come to the depths of where you are, and I'm going to show you the way out. God's merciful act through Jesus allows us to be intimately connected to God. Think about that for a minute. We think of God, and we pray to God, and we we fear God, and we maybe won't even lift our eyes to God when we pray, but through Jesus, we can intimately know God as if God was our daddy. Our Father who art in heaven, our Abba, our daddy. It's intimate. It's personal. We can know God that way. And then we are to follow in the footsteps, and we are to walk among other people in their depths, and we're to embody God so that we can show Jesus through us. That means we got to go to them and see things through their eyes. It's so much easier to judge. I'll tell you, I am a king of judges. I can judge all day long and tell you everything you're doing wrong in this world and tell you everything that's going wrong in this way or that way. I can do that. Anybody else a judge with me? We're experts, aren't we? 
I can't tell you the last time I went and actually walked alongside of a homeless person. It's been a few years since I prayed with someone who was homeless in their place under the bridge. I like to talk about mercy. But am I allowing people in the depths to intimately connect to God through me? I'd love to tell you yes. But I don't want to be a liar. See, I'm an ambassador for the kingdom, as are you. When you're part of the kingdom, but you still live somewhere else, you become an ambassador. You become part of the kingdom, but you represent it. How do you represent the kingdom? Is it through mercy? Do you offer a safe haven for those who are seeking refuge from a world of darkness and pain, of power and greed? We're called to look past all the nitty-gritty parts of others because God has looked past my own nitty-grittiness. That's a theological term, nitty-grittiness. In fact, really, I can't even go around labeling the nitty-gritty, right? I don't even know all my nitty-grittiness. I haven't even seen it yet. So if I think I'm ready to go and start pointing out the splinters in others, the nitty-grittiness in others, I've fooled myself, haven't I? The end of the Lord's Prayer, later in this sermon, not my sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, is followed by a reiteration. In the prayer, we find this line, forgive us our sins as we forgive others. I don't really like the pause between forgive us our sins as we forgive others. It's one line. Forgive as we forgive. And then right after the prayer in Matthew, Jesus follows it up. If you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. It sounds great. I'm in control here. But that means I have the responsibility. We're to live out the mercy we long for from God. The mercy that we see in the life of Jesus, who is God with us. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The third beatitude, oh, the bliss of the one whose motives are absolutely pure, for the man, for that man will be able to see God. Pure motives, pure heart. Anybody? No, no. Impurity. The most valuable metals, and this is what it's kind of referring to, are those that have all the impurities removed, right? It's melted down with heat, you remove the impurities, and then you have something worth more. That's what we talk about when we talk about the fire of judgment. The fire of judgment is to melt us down and to remove our impurities so that we are made more pure. And we can seek this now, or we can bank on seeking it later. I hope you welcome it now. Jesus came to baptize by spirit and fire. Spirit, fire, fire, spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Fire, the flame to enter into me and to burn away all that doesn't belong and then I have to decide, am I going to let it or not? Do you welcome the fiery judgment of God? I hope, right? Don't think of it the scary way that people have painted it up in some grand story. Think of it as Jesus describes it, the Holy Spirit inside of you, which burns to give you life, to give you purity, to awaken you to the kingdom that's all around you and within you. When you say you have Jesus in your heart, Jesus isn't in there just packing your nitty-grittiness into the closet and closing the door and pretending it's not there. That's not how it works. We should seek for the Spirit to, to improve us. Now, we easily fool ourselves. I'm just as guilty. 
I try to purify other people with my fire. Yeah, anybody else with me? Yeah, I know what they need to do, and I'll tell them. So I use judgment, resentment, intolerance. I even fool myself to think that my self-righteousness and judgment is God's. If, I, if we think we can keep certain people out of the church and that'll be good, we're not, we're not doing what we're supposed to do. We're not welcoming the Spirit of God. We're, we're trying to force our spirit. The root of the problem, I think, is our fear. We're afraid of what we don't understand, of who we don't understand. We're afraid of uncertainty and the temptation to rid our world of all that we have labeled impure is out of our own fear. Is anyone tired of being afraid? Is anyone tired of playing the judge? I'm tired. Doesn't mean I'm not going to do it again because I'm still working on this. But I'm tired of it. Hear the story of Jesus again. God came to us in Jesus, walked in our world, carried our burden, died our death, and according to Romans 5, all while we were still God's enemies. Jesus came to us, taught us, loved us, showed us, died for us, rose for us, gave us the Spirit, and opened up the very gates of the kingdom of heaven right here and now, before I was even alive and committed my first sin. Jesus did this. We serve a God of grace, of mercy, of hope and love. We serve a purely good God. Why would we ever strive to live a life that shows anything less than that kind of goodness? Because we're scared. Why would we ever try and show anyone else anything less than that kind of kingdom? Because we're afraid they might come in and be a part of it. Because we are impure. So I challenge you to become experts in both justice and mercy. God's justice and God's mercy. And you will see the world differently. When you stop thinking about what you want and you think, and you start thinking about what God wants and God thinks, and that means you gotta, you got to read your Bible every now and again. You will see the world differently. It's a promise. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they shall see God. Now, this kingdom of God, like I said, it's a kingdom of foolishness. Deep inside each of one of you and each of one of me is a desire to serve myself, to take care of my own people first, my own people first, to put myself first in place of God. And I've spent time putting myself first. Anyone else? Raise your hand. Let's do it. We're here in church. We're here to confess. If you spent time in your life putting yourself first, who here was satisfied with that? You ever find satisfaction? I didn't. If you spent time focused on being successful and buying lots of stuff. Anyone? Just me? Yeah? Okay. Did you ever get there? Did you ever have enough? If you ever spend your energy pointing the finger and blaming everyone else for your situation, anyone else? Did it ever work? In fact, brothers and sisters, living by this way will not only leave us dissatisfied, it hardens our hearts and it blinds our eyes to the very love and grace of God. You've got to practice grace and love to start to see it. You'll become so ingrained in the world's kingdom if you live by these things 
that you will be tempted to think that the kingdom of God offered through Jesus is nothing more than talk of fools. We admit that the way of God is foolish to this world, but the way of God offers not only satisfaction with life, but life itself in abundance, life in the kingdom here and now. It's the fools of this world who have nothing and feel like royalty in the eyes of God. It's the fools of this world who are finding comfort. It's the fools of this world who will inherit the earth. It's the fools who will be satisfied with a justice that values all of God's creation. All of it. It's the fools of this world who are shown mercy by God. And it's the fools of this world who see God right here and now in every single person and in every single thing. You're invited to be a fool for God. You're invited into the kingdom. So may you come and join us. It doesn't mean we have it figured out. It means we have enough figured out to know it's a good kind of foolish to be. So may you walk with us as we strive for Jesus, the King of Kings. May you find everything you could hope to seek in the name of peace through the Holy Spirit, because you will. So may you become a fool of God. Are you with me? Let's pray. Lord, we... We can put it together in our heads, and we can even catch glimpses in our hearts about what it is you are calling us into. But whatever it is that's on our minds right now, that's in our hearts right now, that is slowing us down, that's causing us to resist, help us to lay it aside. Help us to consider the question, what is that thing going to get us, and what are you going to bring us into? God, may we awaken in a new way today into your love, into your kingdom, and may we come to see ourselves in the world in a way that makes every day seem like a brand new, wonderful, glorious day in the presence of the kingdom, the heaven of the eternal God, because it will. And we we pray all this, and we believe all this, and we continue to read and support and practice this in our minds, and our hearts, and in our devotions, and we do it all in the name of Jesus who is with us. And we lift him up above all things as our king of this kingdom. Amen.